So today we begin a new sermon series. We're calling this new sermon series, The Enemies of Gratitude. The Enemies of Gratitude. And over the next five weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to look at some scriptures that are a part of the lectionary readings of the Christian church. And we're going to especially call out the things that can prevent us from being grateful. We are going to call out some of the things that keep us from seeing the blessings that are all around us in the present moment. Our passage of Scripture today is this text from Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7, and the title of the sermon today is Nostalgia, Nostalgia. And the reason why the title is Nostalgia is because that is one of the things that can keep us from being grateful in the present moment. It's one of the things that can keep us from seeing the blessings that are available in the here and in the now. Now, uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of people like to romanticize the past. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? They, they like to romanticize the past. Now, psychologists call this... Uh, Retro, uh, let me write the word down. Yeah, rosy retrospection. Rosy retrospection. Now, if you're in the recovery community, uh, you might call this euphoric recall. And, and that's a phrase that the people in the recovery community use because sometimes an addict recalls the euphoria of using their drug of choice, the pleasures associated with using their drug of choice, but they discount or they dismiss or they deflate or they even deny all of the negative consequences of using your drug of choice. So whether you call it rosy retrospection or euphoric recall, it is this idea of romanticizing the past. Now, why is it that we romanticize the past? That was a question that I had as I began to wrestle with this particular passage of Scripture today. And so I went and I found a website called self.com, and on that website I learned that actually romanticizing the past serves a good purpose. It's because every single day you and I are inundated with millions of bits of information. And in an effort to process all of that data that is coming to us every single day of our lives, our brains start developing shortcuts. And one of the shortcuts that the brain oftentimes uses is this idea of romanticizing the past, this idea of rosy retrospection, this idea of euphoric recall. It's going back and focusing on the positive experiences of our past while discounting or dismissing or denying the negative consequences or the negative experiences in our lives. So why is that important? Well, the brain understands 
that if we go back into our past and we focus on the negative stuff more than we focus on the positive stuff, it's going to expend a lot of emotional energy. It is going to absolutely wear you out to have to go back and visit the more negative experiences of your past. Because you can't go back and revisit those negative experiences without reliving, feeling all over again the intensity of the pain and the intensity of the hurt and the intensity of the sadness and the intensity of the fear. And the brain realizes that if we dwell on the negative things that have happened in our past for too long, it is going to have an emotional and a psychological and a spiritual impact on our bodies, all in negative ways. And so this shortcut that the brain is doing is to help us to bypass all of that negative stuff And we instead go back and we focus on all the things that feel good, that made us happy, that we enjoy going back to because that makes us feel a lot better. And yet this rosy retrospection, this euphoric recall, while it has benefits and it saves us from expending all of that emotional energy, it does come at a cost. Because if you go back and you always think that the past is better than the present, then you will never truly be able to find gratitude in the present moment. If you think that the past is always better than where you are now, you will miss the blessings that are all around you in the here and in the now. That appears to me to be what is happening in our scripture lesson this morning. The Israelites are in a pickle. They don't have any water. And there appears to be no water in sight. And so the Israelites respond to having no water by complaining. Now, it's a legitimate concern. You have to have water to survive. And so they respond to that legitimate concern by complaining to Moses about the fact that they have no water. In fact, they accuse Moses of leading them out of the land of Egypt just so they could die of thirst in the desert. Siri's talking to me again. And so... Not only do they complain about what they're experiencing, but these Israelites, on more than a couple occasions, also romanticize their past. They say, well, at least when we were back in Egypt, we had water to drink. And at least when we were back in Egypt, we had food to eat. And at least when we were back in Egypt, we had a place to lay our heads and go to sleep at night. And all of that is true. They did have water. They did have food. They did have a place to sleep at night. But they were also in bondage. They were also 
enslaved by Pharaoh. They're remembering the good parts of the past, but they are denying or discounting or deflating all of the bad stuff that happened in the past. For instance, they are forgetting that for 400 years they cried out to God and said the conditions in which we are living are unacceptable and unsustainable. You have to get us out of here, God. They are forgetting that this same Pharaoh who gave them water to drink and food to eat and a place to rest their heads at night was also withholding from them key ingredients that they needed to do their jobs, which was to make bricks. And we're told that Pharaoh intentionally withheld straw so that they could not make those bricks as easily as they could have made them with the straw. And yet Pharaoh still made them produce the same number of bricks every single day. They are forgetting that this Pharaoh had offered to let them go on multiple occasions only to change his mind in the last second and to keep them enslaved in bondage. They are forgetting that this Pharaoh repented of his sins time after time only to turn right back around and to commit the same sins against the Israelites and against God that he just repented of. They are forgetting that this Pharaoh was a tyrant, that their lives were awful. Their nostalgia about water to drink and food to eat and a place to rest their head is misplaced. They were in the midst of a horrible existence. And what has happened is that their romanticizing the past has prevented them from seeing that they have things in the present moment that they could be grateful for, that they have things in the present moment that they could give thanks to God for, blessings that they have received. They have forgotten that God did hear their cry after 400 years of crying out and that God did liberate them. They have forgotten that God spared them from the plagues that everybody else in the land of Egypt, including Pharaoh, had to endure. They have forgotten that God opened up the Red Sea so that they could cross it on dry land only to close the Red Sea back when the Egyptians that were chasing after them walked into the sea so that they were no longer a threat to be captured by the Egyptians. They have forgotten that this God has promised them that they are going to inherit a land of milk and honey. They have forgotten that this God provided a pillar of fire and cloud to guide them in the direction that they were supposed to go. They had forgotten that when they found water and complained about it being bitter, this God made the water sweet so that they would enjoy drinking the water. They had forgotten that when they complained about not having food to eat, they had manna and quail provided for them. They're romanticizing the past. Uh, they had forgotten to be that they have much to be grateful for in the present moment. And so these Israelites start 
complaining. And it's pretty clear that Moses is absolutely annoyed by the Israelites complaining because Moses then turns around and complains to God. He says, what am I going to do to these people? What am I going to do with these people? These people can't see everything that they've got to be grateful for in the present moment. They can't see all the blessings that you're doing in the right here and in the right now because they're looking back and they're romanticizing the past. They're focusing on what was going on back then that they can't even see what's going on right now. And this is what I love about God in this particular passage of Scripture even though these people aren't being grateful for the things that God is doing in the present moment, even though they're not seeing the things that God is blessing them with in the here and the now, God does not reprimand them. God does not threaten them. You know what God does? God keeps blessing them. Isn't that amazing? God just keeps on blessing him. In fact, God says, Moses, I want you to take the staff. It's the same staff that Moses used to make water undrinkable just a few chapters before when he turned the Nile River into blood. That same staff is now going to be used to make drinkable water out of a rock, for goodness sakes, so that they can once again receive the blessing of God. And don't you know when, when God suggested this approach that God thought, well, finally, the Israelite people will develop an attitude of gratitude. Finally, they'll be able to see the blessings in the here and the now. And yet, that's not what the text says. The passage of Scripture that we read this morning as it nears its completion says that they ended up naming the location of where they were after the fact that the Israelites just grumble and complain a lot. And they even had the audacity to ask this question or to wonder out loud, I don't even know if the Lord is here or not. Don't you think we're guilty of the same thing? From time to time? Don't you think that we're guilty of focusing on a time in the past that seemed like it was better for us, for the church, for the world, and, and we just keep going back to those things and saying, boy, I wish that it could be like it used to be. And don't you see how that can then rob us from being grateful in the present moment? Don't you see how that can prevent us from being able to see the blessings that are here right now? It can happen. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, well, the past was better than the present. Some of you are saying, well, in the past, my loved one was still alive. My loved one was still with me, and life was so much better and so much sweeter. Some of you are saying that in the past... Uh, there wasn't as much violence in the world and all this stuff. And, and, and so you're, you're, you're absolutely right. There are occasions in life where the past is better than the present. And so I'm not asking you to dismiss that or to deny that reality. But what I am going to suggest to you is that it might be a better use of your time. Rather than look back at the past and say, oh, I wish it was so good now like it was back then, that you instead say, how can I embrace and make sense of the present? 
and, and, and it's a way of reminding ourselves that maybe your present isn't as good as the past was, but that your present, whatever it is that you're experiencing that is so bad, isn't the last thing that's going to happen in your life. And, and, and the God who, who is walking with you and the God who is walking beside you, the God, that God is still trying to bless you. That God is still trying to lead you to a better place. That God is, is, is assuring you that, that this awful moment that you're enduring right now doesn't have to be your last moment. That, that sorrow may come in the night, but joy is coming in the morning. And so maybe it's not so much that we look back and we think, wow, that was so great, but Lord, how can I in this present moment be open to what you're doing? How can I be open to your presence? How can I be open to the way that you are leading and guiding me? How can I be open to the blessing that you have in store for me, whether it's on this side of eternity or on the next? How can I be grateful even when it doesn't appear like there's much to be grateful for. I think that's what this story is about, church, is that sometimes our nostalgia can keep us from seeing all the blessings in the present moment. And God is inviting us to pay attention, to look around, and see what God is up to.